Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. I am the children's pastor here at Calvary, so I'm used to dealing with people that are a little bit shorter than you all. Um, they don't think I'm very funny, though, all the time down there, so if you guys could find me a little funny, that would be good. That would feel, make me feel a little bit better. But in all honesty, I am just so excited and privileged to be here today and step away and come down here. And today we have a message that's called to do this. See, like, I even wore the shirt. Fancy, right? I know. You can buy these at the parenting conference. See how I did that? So as I talk through, I'm going to mention parenting a lot this morning. But before I go on, I don't want those of you that aren't parents to quite tune me out. I know you might be tired and not have all you, had all your coffee, so if you tune me out, that's okay. I won't know. But remember, we all have relationships. And when I talk about parenting, I also talk about relationships. And some of you might be grandparents, or some of you might have coworkers or friends or other environments where you could use the same things I talk about today to apply them in your lives. And I want you to all know that we are called by God to be in the place that we are right now, whether that's parents, grandparents. And as Pastor Chad has talked about, we are called to not only make God our priority, but to make people our priority. They say some of the best preaching comes out of personal experience, and when it comes to parenting, I just have a little bit of experience. My husband Jason and I have four kids. It's going to be like a really cute picture up there, I think, in a minute. Yes, oh, isn't that cute? Yeah, yeah, we look good when we all smile. Our kids, our first one is Christopher. He's 18. He is a senior that's going to graduate from Penta this year. He is high-functioning autistic and started us off on a journey from a very young age down a special road. Our 15-year-old is a freshman. He is also an avid soccer player who keeps us traveling all over the state of Ohio. Our girls are both type 1 diabetics. That leads us through a whole medical path that we're on each and every day. Lila is our 10-year-old, and she loves gymnastics. I thought about doing that on the stage this morning, but um, number one, no, and number two, my chiropractor is in the room, so we really can't go there today. That would not be good. So no, uh, she can handle all of those things. Julia is our 8-year-old and she is a swimmer, and she actually has swim champs down at Bowling Green this afternoon and loves every minute in the pool. And I don't say all those things and say, hey, look at my family. I mean, I kind of do, but <laughs> I say them to let you all know that we, as the Jordan family, are on a constant journey. And one of the biggest things I love in ministry is partnering up with other parents. I love interacting with the kids down at the kids' wing, but the fact that I get to talk to so many parents is also a huge blessing. And our kids not only keep my, me busy, they keep my hairdresser busy. Know what I mean, moms? Yeah? Okay. So if you are a parent, know someone who is a parent or ever watched someone parent, then hopefully you would agree that it can be very difficult. I like a saying by Mark Twain. He said when parenting teenagers, when they are 13, put them in a barrel and nail the lid shut, then feed them through the knot hole. He then said, when they are 16, plug the knot hole. <laughs> okay. On some days, that seems like extreme advice. But as a mom of two teenage boys, um, I kind of take it as pretty good advice also. In all honesty, though, we have had more joy from parenting than anything else. But there's also a lot of pain 
and we don't get things right, or our kids go off and do their own things. But one of my biggest joys is the catalog of hilarious stories I have to tell. In fact, I could stand up here all day and tell you a bunch of them, and most of them I would tell you would be all the good parenting moments, but I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you one good parenting to follow it up with not so great. We have four children. We thought we were done after three. And I am a member of the Control Freak Anonymous group. So I'm going to tell you that our fourth child, Julia, is my constant reminder on a daily basis that I did not know the size of my parent, my family, and I did not know how to parent. You see, before her, I had it all down. After her, I know nothing. That's how we're going to go with this. She is strong-willed, spontaneous, goofy, and truly lovable. So one of my all-time favorite memories with her, though, is when she was three. And her age matters in this, because I'm going to tell you another story later on when she was three, so I want you to remember this really good story first. I'm setting you all up, okay? We are going into Meyer. I knew I needed four things. I had a three-year-old in 10 minutes. Anybody else set themselves up for failure like this before? <laughs> okay. I had gathered three things. We had stopped at the fish tank, because Meyer just so happened to have that fish tank right as you want to go get your eggs. And as I was prying her away from the fish tank to go get the eggs, I thought she was walking next to me. So I was a couple steps, I thought she was there, and I heard her sweet little voice behind me say to some random gentleman, my papa just died. Let me go back a couple of steps and see what is going on in the middle of Meyer. <laughs> and I didn't know what was happening. And she had stopped a random gentleman and just said those words. And I went to go say the most empathetic I'm sorry to this gentleman when the next words came out of Julia's mouth. My papa died, but he knew Jesus, and he's in heaven, and he's not in pain anymore. Do you know Jesus? And I was like, oh, wait a second. My three-year-old. Hey, girl. Keep going. <laughs> but really, what are we doing here? The gentleman went on to thank her, let her know he did know Jesus, and then looked at me and said, this interaction not only changed my day, it changed my month and my year, and I needed to talk to your daughter today. I went and grabbed our eggs, went out to the car, and I might have cried over some M&Ms, because that was definitely one of the four things I picked up that day. <laughs> but it reminded me that the harder that I dig into my relationship with God, the better our relationships with everyone else will be. And that's in all things that we do, whether it's through parenting or interactions with everyone else that the harder that we dig into that relationship with God, the better all of those relationships will be. If you would, and you have your Bible, I'd love if you'd open up to Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's where we're going to start today. If you were in kids' church, I'd ask you this. Is that Old Testament or New Testament? Okay, and what book of the Bible is it? Uh, okay, it's fifth. Okay, I'll just tell you. So your Old Testament, fifth book. See, I felt like I needed to be a little bit back in kids' church. Deuteronomy 6 says a parent's priority is to gradually transfer a child's dependence away from the parents until their dependence rests solely on God. When our children are little, they need us for everything. And as they grow up, they slowly start needing us for less and less, even though they still do as teenagers. And we have to slowly teach them how to depend on God. Because at the end of the day, they need to know that their dependence is truly only in God. So I told you that story of Julia, and I want to give you a frame of reference. This is what she looked like when she was three. It's going to be, yeah, see, she's so cute, man. 
So cute. Wait for this then. So at the same age of three, we went to Florida with my entire family. And when I say my entire family, I don't just mean Jason, the kids, and I. It's my mom, my dad. I have three brothers, their wives, and some of their friends. That is almost 15 adults swimming at a swimming pool where we only have my four kids to watch. Julia, through and through, was independent. And she was rocking her little puddle jumper that day and swimming all over the pool. And she will talk to each and every one of you. And I mean that. But if she had a chance, she'd come up here and she would talk to each and every one of you and tell you everything that happens in our house, okay? We have no secrets, I promise. <laughs> so she's off talking and galloping, and I'm like, okay, I'm watching her from afar. I'm letting her. I see she's interacting with one family quite a bit. They're laughing. She's laughing. She's jumping in the pool. I don't think anything about it. So 10 minutes passes, so I go over there to get Julia. And the guy goes, oh, are you mom? All right, moms, you're going to know that right there and then your heart stops a little. Oh, no, is this good or bad? Because it's Julia, so <laughs> I think I know where it's going. So I was like, yeah, and he's like, she's, she's so funny and she's lovable and we're having a great time with her. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Heart's warming up, right? He goes, yeah, we asked her where her parents were, and she said her mom was at work and her dad was at a baseball game. <laughs> Wait, what? I promise you, there's like 15 adults watching her. We've been, I've had my eyes on her the whole time, please. Yes, she thought she was independent. I took her away, and over a gourmet lunch of peanut butter and jelly, we talked about all of the things so nicely, about lying, about lying, about telling the truth, about how you have to stay near your parents and not talk to strangers all of the time. We have talked and talked. My goal is to set her up for success and not failure. I know she's independent, but I need to tell you, I needed her to be dependent on God. I don't want her to grow up to be independent and living off of the world. I want her to grow up to be dependent on God. And so here are my questions. First, how do we transfer dependence from us onto God? And the answer is two things that we do in our own lives. The first one scripture teaches us is to love our God. You can help me out with this one. It's Deuteronomy chapter 5. Chapter 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your and with all your and with all your Okay, see, I'm back in good church. Whew. Okay, notice it says the word all. Scripture does not say with some, with a little bit, with a percentage, but we are told to love God with all of our heart. But I would argue that we all don't do that. You see, we give just a little bit. And we expose our children to just a little bit of God. And all of this starts with ourselves. So as much as I want you to know that you have to expose your children to the fullness of God, you first have to expose yourself to that. And you first have to give up yourself to that. I'd like to think of this as far as food. I'm getting a little hungry. I have two favorite food groups, chocolate and potatoes. I understand those aren't the ones that were taught in high school, so if you are a high school health teacher, I apologize, but those are my two favorite food groups. And I especially love mashed potatoes. But we all know that there's two kinds of mashed potatoes. The instant mashed potatoes, I mean, and then the real. So your instant mashed potatoes are fake. You just add water, you eat it, I don't even know what you're digesting. You might not know. The real mashed potatoes, you are peeling it, you are cutting, cutting, you have to boil it, you have to mash it. You have to put time and love into the real mashed potatoes. As crazy as it sounds, isn't that the same with our relationship with God? 
Can't we give him the instant version that we're not sure what it really is or take the time to have the whole fullness of God and have him? Because that's the difference. When we only give a little bit, we're not able to fully dig into that relationship that we have. And we need to love God with all of our heart. So ask yourself, are you giving him that short abbreviated version or are you investing the time in the relationship with God to make sure that it's real and authentic? I would argue as parents that we unknowingly give our children just that little bit. And we don't do so out of harm. Actually, a lot of times what we do is we say we want the best for our kids, so we're going to dig into our careers and we're going to try to get a give our kids more than we had when we were younger, right? We're going to work harder to give our kids more than we had. And we're going to make sure that they're in soccer and that they're in ballet and that we're taking them places. We're going to make sure that their little bottoms are in leather seats as we drive them around. We're going to try, because I guess in some parts of this area, if you're 15, going on 16, you get a car. Not the Jordan household. But it's like child abuse in some parts, right? And before we know it, we are becoming child-centered parents rather than God-centered parents. We are letting our children dictate what our lives are. And we can't. If there's anything you take from the day, you can't do that. There is nothing else in this world that should dictate your relationship with God besides yourselves. You are the ones that are in control of that. Time and time again, I have a conversation with people. I will run into them at the soccer field, at ballet, you name it, and I see them. I normally recognize the kids first, and they do the little wave. Like, makes my heart warm because you recognize someone, but you're not quite sure from where, and they figure it out. And I can say to some, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. And you can watch the defensiveness come up. And really, I just care about them. But next thing you know, they say, hey, yeah, I haven't been to Calvary. We've just been so busy. You know, we've been coaching Little League and balancing family schedules and traveling. And we're just going, going, going. And we've been too busy for church. And I don't want you to kid yourself right now. That's going to send a significant message to your children. How important is your involvement in church? Well, I'm going to give you a little study. There was a study that says in a two-parent household, if both parents go to church, then 72% of kids will as adults. Okay? If only mom went to church, the percentage drops to 15%. Now, dads, we're going to take a moment with you. (laughs) You want to know how important your role is? If dad only went to church, it's back up to 55% of kids will attend as adults. Dads, I do not ever want you to underestimate the value of your role in disciplining and leading your children to know Christ. We want both parents here. But dads, you for a minute need to realize that you are the ones leading your households and your kids see that. And that statistic doesn't lie. If neither mom or dad went to church, the number drops down to only 6% of kids will grow up and follow Christ and be active in church. Maybe you know someone who's not attending and there are kids you could start bringing with you because you could change that statistic today. So do you love God with all of your heart? Or just some of your heart. Because some, just a little bit, isn't what our kids need. They need all of it. And the best thing that we can do for our children is to love God with all our hearts. So the first thing that Deuteronomy 6 teaches us is to love our God. 
The next thing seems small at first, but is actually incredibly important. It says we will lead our families. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, if you are reading along, says these commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. These verses say we impress them on our children. We talk about them when we're at home and when we walk along the road. But what about also when you're driving to school or t-ball practice? If you ever want to know the most beneficial times to talk to your kids, really anyone, it's in the car. They can't get away. <laughs> Seriously. And if you take the electronics, it's even better. It is my favorite time. We have to drive our 18-year-old to and from work right now. I have had more conversations with him. I feel like having to do that than in our own houses because we have to. So don't underestimate even the time that you have there. Those verses go on to say when you lie down and when you get up. Every moment. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames. But if you are writing, as for me and my house, we will follow the Lord, then you need to act that out. Actually writing it and actually doing it are two different things. You see, when you do things like that, your spiritual talk becomes not something we do on the weekends, just on the way to church. It becomes a part of seven days a week of everything that's going on. We need to lead spiritually. So we need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, but we also need to be the ones that lead spiritually. And that's in every relationship. That's in every aspect of what we do. Do not take for granted if you're one that goes to work and doesn't have kids because you have people you can impact. I tell these kids in Kid Church, it's one of our biggest lessons. How do others see you? Because if you're out on the playground and you're the one being the bully, they don't know God. And if you're not the one making friends with people that make friends, that need friends, they don't know God. Your actions is what dictate how others see God through you. So how can you do that? You got to love the Lord your God with all your heart and you need to lead spiritually. I'm so excited for this parenting conference on Saturday. I know you probably heard about it and seen the video, but can I tell you something? We need this conference. We need a day, eight hours, where we can say, let's go back to some of the foundations. Let's talk about why parenting matters. Let's talk about how we can equip parents. How can we lead our ch children? And this morning, what I'm gonna do is bring up a couple of my friends. They're not puppets from Kids Church. I left those down there. They're actually some of the breakout session speakers because I want you to hear from them. I can stand up here and tell you some more, but they have so much wisdom too. And I want you to hear the type of things that we know that we have to talk about. So my first person is Kurt and Jill Everson. Kurt's here today. He has been one of our faithful leaders of our GROW classes on Wednesday evenings that maybe you've attended. He's going to lead our session, Discipline in the 21st Century. Hi, hi Kurt. Okay, so it's discipline in the 21st century, incorporating love through discipline of all ages. That's an easy topic. Oh, that's an easy topic. Yes. Yeah. And I have a really easy question for you then, too. Okay. Okay. How do we make sure we are leading our children and our children are not leading us? First of all, you're right. There's a lot more people in here at the 10 o'clock. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, and I've got yeah. notes because I... 
I'm missing my wife this morning. So Jill, if you're watching from where you're at, I wish you were here. Um, you know, great question. Uh, parenting uh, and, and leading our kids spiritually is really the most important thing that we do as parents. Number one, uh, the most important. So I've got four, uh, four different disciplines that I want to share with you quickly this morning. Um, and the first is uh, we need to be leading with uh, humility. So that means then that uh, no matter where we are as parents, uh, we need to make sure our kids know that uh, we recognize that we don't have all the answers. We need help. And that comes from the Lord. Uh, we need to be trusting him and in constant prayer and asking him for direction. But it also means we need to be surrounding ourselves with people that we trust, with mentors, people that we can go to and say, hey, how did you do this? People that we saw the fruit in their children and we can say, how do you handle this? What do you do? Uh, really, really important. Secondly, we must be teachable and we must be growing in our faith. We, as parents, uh, have to be, have hearts that are teachable, that are willing to learn and grow and be stretched. We talk about that all the time. That's my prayer whenever we have a, a, a class on Wednesday night. Lord, stretch us tonight. We need to be stretched in our parenting, but we need to be growing. If we're going to be teaching our kids spiritually and we want to lead them to righteousness, we have to be growing in righteousness. So how important is that? Third, we must live lives of integrity. Nothing turns a child away from his parents' faith more than hypocrisy in the home. Amen? So we need to say what we mean and mean what we say. And we also need to be living what we say we believe. It needs to be true. Exactly what Pastor Lindsay said. If you're going to have that verse, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're going to have that verse, that's great. But you need to live it. The last one is actually, I say the first three to prepare you for the last one. And the last one is exactly what she's been talking about, Deuteronomy 6. We need to teach our children. That's a discipline. We need to teach them, no matter where we're at. When you're at home, you're teaching them scripture, you're memorizing scripture, you're reading together, you're reading together after dinner, you're taking walks together, and you speak to them as you take walks, and you, you pour into their lives, uh, and, and you, you, you speak life to them as you're driving. If it's a Saturday and I'm running errands, I'm taking a child with me because it's time to speak into their lives and speak life to them. So those are the four points. All I can say is it has to be intentional. We have to be intentional in our parenting and what we, we choose to do. So moms and dads, whether you're a couple or you're parenting as a single parent, we can do this. You can do this. We can do this parenting thing. Awesome. Can you guys Thanks. give it up for Kurt today? His message is helpful and also reminds us that we're the leaders. We set the tone and we need to do so intentionally. He used the word intentional. I had written up a recap with the same exact word in it, which is not coincidence. And I love how God works. This is Tona and Edney Lombard Edna. Huh. It's 10 o'clock. I need food. Tony and Edna Lombardi. And they are leading a session on Saturday called Prayerful Parenting, praying with, for, and over your children on a daily basis. 
So my question for them is, why is prioritizing praying for and with your children so powerful to their lives? Um, we have an enemy that will do anything he can to um, destroy what we're to do in Deuteronomy 6, which is to raise our kids up so that they have faith in the Lord and that they rely on the Lord. Uh, one of the ways that we did it was modeling prayer for our kids. Um, and prayer is really the only, not the only, but the main weapon we have against our enemy. And I would get up early in the mornings and pray for the kids and for our family every day and never really talked about it with our kids, but each one of them came back and later and said that that was such a testimony to them and just really meant a lot to them, um, encouraged them in their own devotions. Another reason to prioritize praying is that you're modeling for your kids the fact that the Lord answers prayer and that he does care for them. So I remember as, as, as young kids, we had three girls that we would write down prayers on strips of construction paper. And then when that prayer was answered, we would turn that strip into a link for a chain. And over time, you would see that that chain would grow and grow and grow. And you could look back with your kids and say, look at all the prayers the Lord answered. And even though you're a little girl, look at how much he cares about you by answering your prayers. I also think it's beneficial to note we can do that as adults. That even as adults, we need to not only write down our prayers, but see how God answers them. So thank you. I often say to the kids that talking can be both beneficial and a hindrance. Talking can be good or bad, but praying can only be good. There is not a time where praying can hurt you. It's just a matter of making sure that that is something that you're intentionally doing in your house. I have one more speaker today, and this is Stefan Thomas. He's actually one of my amazing ch children's ministry team members. I put him up to a lot of crazy tasks. Way too many crazy tasks. <laughs> this is not that type of session right now. You're not going to ask me to do something crazy <laughs> this morning? Maybe. And you and your wife juggle two very full-time working jobs. We're talking over-the-top type of jobs, correct? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we are all over the place. My wife works uh, 70, 80 hours a week sometimes. Uh, I'm a freelancer with a very sporadic schedule. And, and we have kids who are in, let's see, we have um, volleyball, basketball, golf, uh, orchestra, piano. Um, Gymnastics. Gymnastics, yes, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, you know, I don't need my wife here because I got you, you can remind me of everything I need to talk about this morning. This is amazing, I'm reaching notes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, we're, 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 very, we're, pretty, we're pretty busy. So then, I'm gonna rethink some of the tasks I give you when I call you, is how do we make God a priority when juggling schedules and not a forgotten line on our to-do list? Ah, yes, the almighty to-do list. I like, I like to cross them to -do off. Lists. Yes, I have this, actually, I have this really cool app that it, like, it makes a little scribbly sound whenever I cross over. Cross over them to, I might I, need that. Sometimes I put things on the to-do list just to cross them off so I can hear the, the scribble sound. It's, it's cathartic. I, I love it. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, yes, um, you know, we have 
apps that help us keep our schedules and all the crazy things we're doing, which I know many of you probably have also, trying to juggle your jobs and your families and your kids and you know, extracurricular activities and everything. So um, we, we take this approach to um, you know, keeping Christ at the center of it, where we talk our, to our children a lot about what kind of like the tangible kind of physical uh, manifestation of God's love is. And, you know, as we've been speaking about through this sermon series is, you know, serving people, you know, being, being uh, you know, making sure that you are taking care of people, being sacrificial when it comes to dealing with people. So as we go through all these different activities and we're dealing with all these different people and teammates and, and, and friends and everything, we really focus, we really tell our children, you know, and everything you do, make sure that you are showing God's love through the way you treat people, the way you talk about people, the way you um, um, deal with people on a day-to-day, person-to-person basis, because that's going to be one of the ways that people can truly see, you know, what God is. So it doesn't become just like a checklist thing, right? And this, like, make sure you get to church on Sunday. Make sure you go to church on Wednesday. Make sure you do these things. I mean, as absolute things are all very important, of course. But at the same time, if those are the only things that you're doing that just says, like, all right, well, I did these three things, so you know, done my Christian duty for the day, you know, then you know, it's 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 not enough. You know, you have to make sure that you are um, um, entangling your children's life with you know what it means to be a follower of Christ. And if you're going to follow Christ, you gotta. You know, you got to do what Christ did, and that's treat people well, you know, and, and, and take care of people. So that's how we juggle all of that stuff. I don't know if I actually answered your question. You did. But, but they can <laughs> more when they come to your breakout session oh, on yeah, Saturday. Oh, yeah, come to my breakout session. Yeah. All right, can you get our, Mr. Stefan today? Thank you. Thank you. I love that you can kind of hear some of what they're talking about, but it also gives you insight into how we all do lives. We all handle and do lives differently, but at the end of the day, we're all called to live a life for Jesus. And I think that's the thing that we have to remember, because parenting, relationships, and making people your priority is all of our responsibility. Family matters to God, and it sure needs to matter with each and every one of us. If you've not signed up for the conference, but you're able to come, maybe even one parent's able to come or a grandparent, I would encourage you to do so. We're going to have a lot of fun that day, But we have a lot of insightful ways to just build people up more than ever. I feel, maybe it's just because I'm in that moment, that parenting is hard. Our kids have access to the entire world at the tip of their fingertips. And yet I'm the one that has to ground them and remind them of the image that they were created in and who is important and the reason that they are important. And so I'd encourage you that you are called to do this. It's not just a slogan we're using because it's fun. But remember, you are all called in the spots that you are, for a reason. I also want to encourage each and every one of you that you all might have a relationship in your life that you could recognize is not perfect, whether that's as a parent in your relationship with your children, or maybe as a child in your relationship with your parents, or those with your friends, coworkers, and siblings. We each have relationships that we need to bring before God. We need to pray for and be reminded that we are called to lead like Jesus. So I think it's important that this morning we take a moment to pray. We're going to pray in two ways. The first way is that if you are a parent or someone in a parent role, I'd love if you could stand up today. Because I would like nothing more than to pray for our parents who right now are on the front lines raising our children. And if you are around someone and you still feel led, lay hands on them. 
Because right now, as parents in this room and everyone that stood up, we all could use those prayers. So let's pray together. Father, we bring you these parents today. We lift them up to you, Lord. We know that parenting can be one of the hardest jobs, but Lord, it is the most rewarding thing. And you have called each and every one of us to be in this spot, to be in this position, to be parenting in these moments. Lord, I bring you these parents who are standing up. I pray for the ones that are weak and weary who are saying, I don't know how to do some of this. Or Lord, give me the strength. Lord, we have all been there and we need you. We need you at the forefront of our relationships. Lord, we need to make sure that we are the spiritual leaders in our household. Lord, I ask that you give us the strength and the courage to lead our families each and every day, whether that's through discipline and prayer and Lord, doing the juggle of our lives. At the end of the day, each of our families can say there might have been a juggle today and we might have been running around, but God is the center of our families. Lord, I lift up the parents today who just need encouragement. We're saying we are walking through different seasons and Lord, we just need your strength to get through. Lord, we lift up these parents today and know that we are called to do this, but Lord, we could not do this without you. And we ask that we can lay it all down at your feet and know that you have the benefit of all of our children at your heart and that Lord, we are so thankful to be parents. In your name we pray, amen. I'd like the rest of you to stand though because I think it's important that we pray over all of our relationships. Yeah, we have parents, but we all have relationships we could pray for, and I would like the chance to bring those right now. That even if there's a relationship that you know of that you need help, you can feel free to raise your hand, but together that we can pray for the relationships that are broken. That in this moment we can say, you know what, God, you can do more than I could ever do with those relationships, and I'm going to give it to you today. So we're going to pray together. Dearly Father, Lord, I give you our relationships. Lord, it's not easy. It is not easy to always be around people, Lord, but sometimes we have these relationships that we know we can't do anything else with. That, Lord, we have to bring it to you today and say, Lord, I need you to restore this relationship. I need the courage to have the conversations I haven't had maybe these days, weeks, months, or even years. That, Lord, I need hearts to change, but, Lord, we need you at the center of our relationships. That instead of me carrying this burden as I walk out the door today, that, Lord, I'm going to drop it. And I'm going to know that you can do more with this than I can ever do. And so, Lord, I bring these names that are coming to the forefront of these heads right now, that, Lord, they can know that you will do so much more with these relationships than we can ever do. And that, Lord, today we get to give it to you. Lord, I just ask that we can cast these burdens, that, Lord, we can have that freedom, that we can come before you and know that, Lord, you're going to heal these relationships. We give you all of our relationships and know that we are called to be spiritual leaders. So please give us the strength that as we walk out of here today, that we are the spiritual leaders in our houses, in our jobs, and around people, and that we can be the world changers for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Calvary. I hope you enjoy your week, and it was such a privilege to be up here with you today.